Last week, we kicked off Legacy. For those of you that don't know what Legacy is, is as a church, uh, we've decided one of the ways we're going to just lead this community of believers is every year, at one time in the year, uh, at the end of the year usually, we say, okay, God, what do you want to do? How, how do you want us to, to sacrifice and take a step out of the boat and believe for more? And, and uh, always we believe that it's this. The scripture calls us from glory to glory. The scripture says we go from faith to faith, that you don't graduate from faith school. It's not like God calls you to something and then you're obedient. And then you're like, hey, that one time I was obedient to God and I got this obedience badge and like, I'm good now. No, he's always calling us into these sacrificial moments and these advancements for his kingdom. Are you with me? And so as a church, we've put together this thing called legacy. We call it outlive our life. And what are we doing? How are we living in a way that like, okay, God, use us again, use us again, move us from from glory to glory. We want to go from a faith place to a greater faith place. And so we come up with this thing called legacy. And every year it's a special offering. Uh, We believe, and and we've seen in Scripture, that there's usually three types of giving. You have your tithe, you have your offering, and then you have times in your life where you're called to uh, what we call an extravagant offering. Pastor Robert Morris teaches this. He's got a book called The Blessed Life. And an extravagant offering, many of you have had this experience where God speaks to you or nudges you or encourages you to do something sacrificial that almost hurts a little. Like, oh, gosh, are you sure, God, you're calling me to this? It's it's usually just a significant. So usually all throughout Scripture, you kind of see those kinds of giving. And so we position ourselves as a church to live out that way of generosity. We have tithing and we give offerings. And then there's also these times where we believe, God, okay, it's time for us to to really give extravagantly if he's called us to, if he's spoken to us to do it. We call it, we we, we step out into that. So legacy, it becomes one of our favorite times of the year because just like anything else, when we take our heart and we take our, our, our efforts towards somebody else and to giving and to like, like we were called to live blessed, to be a blessing. It's like, hey, this church has been so blessed. And so what are we going to do in turn? We're going to bless some more others. We're going to go for some more. Are you with me? And, um, and so we're so excited to be able to do that. And it comes from this idea that we can't just stay. A couple years ago, we planted, or we, uh, we did a series called We Can't Stay Here. As much as it would be easy for us as a church and as a team uh, to just say, hey, aren't we so blessed? This is so great. We got these two services and we're blessed with this building. Why don't we just stay here? Now, God is always calling us to advance and do more and grow. And you can't just stay in the place that you're in and, and live in this comfortable. Are you with me? God's always calling us to more. And so uh, we did this, this thing saying, hey, you know, we can't just stay in this safe place. The truth is, in Scripture, most cases of God's greatest moves start with the in- inability to stay where you are. Where God says, hey, you know, it's time for you to kind of leave the nest and trust me and step out of the boat and, you know, walk through that parted sea. Are you with me? God's like, hey, it's, you know, you can't stay here because like, we need to get you moving because I got some things for you. You look at Moses, you look at David, you look at Esther. There's all of these cases and scenarios throughout Scripture where God's like, yeah, you've been blessed and you've been favored, but I need you to let's keep moving. Amen. And and that's what we just believe is the way that God has called even a church to live, not only our own personal lives, but a church is to always go. We shared this Scripture, Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. It's the story where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain the Mount of Transfiguration, you see he does this really cool thing and, and, and there's this vision and, and he sees, you know, just this really miraculous uh, anointed moment. And then I love this. Peter responds in verse four, which is the same temptation we all face. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. 
if you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. What he's saying is, hey, this move of God is so fun, and this is so great, and we're so blessed by this. Why don't we just stay here and just be comfortable here, and why don't we just camp out here? And, of course, Jesus' thing is like, no, no, no. This was done for you to inspire you, to give you revelation, to give you so that you can, what, go back down the mountain and change people's lives. And that's what Peter, James, and John did. They came back down off the mountain. And you see some of the greatest moves of their ministry happened after they got out of the mindset of, no, we can't just stay here. We have to keep going and moving and taking territory. Amen. And so that's always the philosophy of this church is, yes, we're so blessed and we're so grateful for what God does all throughout the year. But we also want to get into a place where we say, you know what? We're believing for more. We're believing for things that we can't quite understand and do by our own hand. You know, we love that God moves throughout the year. But to be honest with you, that stuff's budgeted and it's planned and, and it's really put in pretty predictable measures. But when we get to this legacy time, it's out of the boat, <laughs> You know, there's no like, oh, it, like God has to move in these things for these things to happen. And we like being in that place because guess what? God always moves and he always meets us when we sacrifice. I thought about it like this. God calls us to be a people who are always stoking, not protecting. You know, he does a thing and he starts a fire and he does a move in us. And our natural tendency would be, oh, we're so blessed by this. Let's just keep it. Let's keep it. Let's protect it. Let's make sure nothing. And God's like, no, no, you got to be a people who are stoking it and keeping it burning and keeping it going and keeping it growing. Are you with me? And, 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 I'm, and I'm all about obviously stewarding our lives that we're taking good care of, of things that God has given us. But God is calling us to be a people who are always keeping things ignited. You've heard us say in, in some of our other sermon series, God wants a stakeout church, not a camp out church. He wants us to be a church on a mission that's looking at things, saying, all right, how can we get that? How can we take that? How can we go after that for God's kingdom? Not just a let's live here and just camp out and what he's blessed us in. I thought about it like this. He wants a church that's on a mission, not on a vacation. He, he's called us to be people who aren't just saved and then enjoying salvation on this vacation with God. No, he wants us to live on mission, going out there, executing, making a difference, rolling up our sleeves and pushing back the gates of hell. Amen. A mission church. That's why Jesus, when he ascended, he said, hey, I'm going to heaven. I'm sending you a helper so that you can go into all the highways and by go, go, go do things, not just sit around and enjoy this Christian living. Amen. God doesn't call us to comfort. It's something we have to keep in our mind. God doesn't call us to comfort, but he is the comforter. He's the comforter, and, and you can find comfort and peace, and you, but he doesn't say, hey, the blessed life is the safe life, is the bubble-wrapped life. No, it's going out and believing him and walking in faith. The reason it's extremely important is like what we said in the video, any generation that is unwilling to sacrifice reduces the inheritance of the next generation. If we're unwilling to make conscious effort to put things in place that we know will leave a legacy and will make a lasting impact and will outlive our life, if we're unwilling to do that, we will jeopardize what happens in the next generation. We have to think. You do it now in your natural life. You think of the next generation and your kids and the things that they need. We do it in our natural life. How much more so should the church be doing it? Amen. That's why we say the scripture that says tomorrow is promised to no man is more than just an altar call or a salvation statement. If we don't plant today as a church, we can't harvest tomorrow. If we don't make it priority now, you can't expect it in the future later. 
we have to do things and make priorities uh, to reach the next generation. Here's an interesting stat uh, that came from uh, a church conference in Chicago this week uh, called Exponential. Uh, They say that only 4% of all of the churches in America, only 4% of them are reproducing or multiplying. Only 4%. Uh, So think about that. A church strategically saying we must expand, we must grow, we must multiply, we must put things in place like I'm talking about to be able to go reach and expand and invest in only 4% of all of them. And then we can't figure out why there's more people at Meyer right now than church, right? It's, you know, statistically in a 30 mile radius of us right now, we have a half a million people, uh, almost half of the population has decided to be either not connected to a church or has walked away from church. We have a great urgency and need to continue to multiply and expand and reach more. Why? Because there's great need. That's why the scripture says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, the people who are being strategic in in reproducing and multiplying, those are the people that are few. And it's not going to be said about this church. Amen. So we, as a church, we are in a part of a miracle. The average church is about 70 people, and sadly, that statistic, that number is declining. So the average church is about seven. So you right now already sit in a miracle. The fact that the church is what it is, and we've been able to do what it is, you are a part of a move of God. But all of that means is not, oh, good on us. It means how much more so should we steward and pay attention to and be faithful with what God gave us. Amen? And so that's why... We pay attention. That's why we believe in God. What's next for us? We want to steward this well. We want all that you have for us. Amen. And here's the deal. Too many churches and too many ministries just go this. Oh, it's not so much about outreach and getting out there and connecting. We just got to keep this thing really polished. Just got to keep everything in order and fancy and put together really well. If we just take care of this. And I love what Kerry Newhoff said in one of his articles this week. He said, passion beats polish. Every single time, if we could just be a people who just move out in passion, yeah, God, I'm willing to sacrifice that. Yeah, I'm willing to give up some time and some energy and some resources. I'm willing to put all this out there in passion. It will beat polish every single time. Amen. Statistically, like I said, of our area, we rank 37th. Grand Rapids comes in at 37th, least unchurched city in America. We used to be known as, oh, church on every corner, Grand Rapids, GR is Jerusalem. Uh, But now, because of its growth, it's just a totally different town. And uh, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We should be excited that we have such a harvest field here. Amen. But we have to make them a priority. Mother Teresa says, a life not lived for others is not a life. We believe that as a church. If this church is not in position to live for others, then it's not doing a good job as a church. I love this. William James says, the great use of a life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. It's not about what we can accomplish here and now. It's about what can we put together that goes on and on and on for generations. That's why the scripture is always giving us teachings and encouragements. And even as they led people, they would say, hey, make sure you stack stones there along your way. So when you pass by there in the future, you can stop and tell your kids the story. Are you with me? That's what we did last week. We went through the five years of the church and we told the stories of all of the goodness of God and inspired us and encouraged us to do what? hold back? No, it inspired us and encouraged us. And all of you in the hallway said, I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Why? Because when we talk about the goodness of God, it does something to the inside of you that makes us want to do more because that's the heart of God. Amen. 
So here's what we get to share with you. We're going to get kind of informational, and uh, I want you to be able to see what we're going to do through Legacy. So through Legacy this year, we're believing to raise $100,000, and with that $100,000, we're going to be able to make expansions. Uh, if you weren't with us last week, um, you're going to hear in detail of what it's specifically going to look like. But on the second floor, so just directly above us, um, like if there was a leak on the second floor, it would come right down through here. <laughs> That's how directly above us it is. Yesterday in our demo day, uh, we were worshiping. The old Michael W. Smith song, let it rain, open the copper pipes of water. That happened during demo. Some of you were worshiping and water drop were still falling on you, and you're like, Lord, is that you? It was second floor water, toilet water too, amen. No, just kidding. <laughs> but directly above us, the Kids Hope Ministry space, you may have seen some of the plastic if you checked in a kid today. Uh, directly above us, they've moved out. So it kind of follows this pattern. So I'm going to show you what it looks like and what our expansion and what we're believing for um, is this. So directly above us, like I said, you come out of the elevator. That's the entrance to the Kids Hope space. And then we'll kind of show you the blueprint. Uh, go ahead and go to that, guys. And so I'll just kind of walk you through it. And I know when people see blueprints, you think, you know, oh, my gosh, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. But you see at the very bottom where it says elevator and bathroom, that's essentially the picture we just showed you. Uh, you would walk into what is going to be the foyer. And so yesterday, a great team of people came up, ripped out carpet. I mean, you saw the, the dumpster there just totally full. And, and thank you for everybody who was a part of that. Just awesome work. But that foyer there uh, is going to give us an opportunity. If any of you have, uh, have ever tried to check in kids like last minute, which I know that's not any of you. You always hear early. Get them checked in early. Yes, second service. You're right, though. But uh, so the foyer here, what's really cool about this is we've had congested kids check in. And this gives us the ability to open that up, put priority up there, a second coffee bar area. So priorities right away. Put the second coffee bar up there. But put the coffee bar up there. And then it gives us a space for coats and all the stuff for a little one to come up check in, feel comfortable, uh, have some space to get ready, you know, all different stuff. So uh, foyer area gets built. Like I said, coffee bar. Uh, the thing you see right next to it is called our second floor sanctuary. It's not quite going to be this space. I don't want you to think, you know, right away we've duplicated this same room. Uh, it's definitely smaller than that. But what we've seen as a good problem is every time we try to have a class, as a church, many of you have been a part of it, whether it was our basic classes or our parenting classes, uh, down in our lounges, we would try to host those in the lounges, and we would have too many people come out, and you'd be stuck on, like, the high-top, wobbly IKEA chairs, and that is just not, that's witchcraft waiting. I mean, it's something bad is going to, and and so anyway, we just, we our classes weren't very successful, uh, just, they were successful, but they weren't excellent. And it was just because of the space. It was just too full. And so like the Holy Spirit classes, we moved them in here, and even those were full. And so we just need more uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, adult education room, class, whatever. Uh, our student ministries can use that if they want to have little mini services. The problem with this room is it gets reserved by the other ministries. Almost 80 ministries in this building you know, make up this entire city on a hill. And so this oftentimes gets reserved. This gives us the ability to to kind of keep our own calendar with some of those special classes. So love that that's going to be there, available for all kinds of great things. And so the foyer, and then all of our office space, which I'll get to in just a minute and show you it specifically, all of our offices move, which is funny. We've been in church for five years, and every single year that they build me an office, 
they take it away from me every single year. Every, it's been every single year I've had an office and they take it away. And so they're doing it again this year. And so where it says Pastor Josh's office, you could also put under their burial because I'm not leaving this time. Like you could just, you say, well, hold on, Pastor. You said we can't stay here. Don't get comfortable. Well, I'm getting comfortable in there. So no, I'm just kidding. So what you'll see is our office spaces. Basically, they're already built up there. We ripped out some wallpaper. We're just going to follow the plan that's already up there, and we'll move our staff into there. So our printer comes over and uh, our little office entry, and then we move our staff over into their spaces. The ministry that you see at the back there called Wings of Mercy, uh, they kind of fill that backside just over here on the second floor. Uh, they are currently in our second, uh, second floor space, and they're moving over to give up space for us. So if you ever run into somebody from Wings of Mercy, make sure you slip them 100 and tell them we love them uh, because they're doing us a, a big favor by coming over. So they're going to be on the backside of that. But what's awesome is, again, all of our office space uh, gets to move out of the way to make room for kids ministry space. Amen. So let me show you the blueprint of our current kids ministry space. And um, I'll talk about this just a little bit. So um, this is basically our second floor. And uh, this is what we currently have. And so we'll just start over there at the four and five-year-olds. And so the four and five-year-olds, those of you that aren't familiar with it, uh, basically on that second floor, those were exam rooms. And so every room was basically just like a medical office. You would walk in, it had a sink, and it had an exam table. And what we were able to do is take the walls out of the center of all of them and make kids' classrooms. Uh, but this four and five-year-olds room, there's times on certain Sundays where that room will hit almost 18 kids in there. Like I made the joke. Now, that's not like between both services. That's one service. Um, and so four and five-year-olds, like I have a, I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, the two of them, and uh, sometimes that's a hard time. You know, 18 of our, you know, in one room is, uh, is exciting. Amen. <laughs> And, uh, and so we joked last week, you know, we were considering just getting like Ikea, you know, little wall cubbies. And then like some kids go up for 10 minutes and then we take them back down. Like we just got to rotate. I don't know what to do. Uh, but we didn't know. We didn't know that Kids Hope was moving out. We weren't sure what God was going to do next. But he opened that up directly connected to our space that already exists when we had a great need. How many know God's already in this? Amen. And um, so our kids' ministry space has just been so great. Let me show you a picture of what I'm talking about in this four and fives here. Uh, this would be that room that at times has 18 kids in it. And um, they do a good job picking up the blood and stuff like that on a Sunday. It looks really nice now. But that wall there, what we're able to do with all our offices moving, is that wall there in the middle gets to come out. And so we'll be able to blow that out and go ahead and show them the next room. And so it will combine into that is our nursery now. So the wall that goes out uh, that nursery gets to extend all the way down. The reason I always get stuck on that is because every time we do something, God fills it. So I just know that we're going to get twice as many kids to minister to. So this area here, it, 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 it doubles. What, what we're able to do, you see, is uh, that wall comes out, and we just get to fill it completely with our nursery, give it more space. Uh, you know, there's just different things in there that will help, help make that ministry better. And so awesome that we get to be a part of that. One thing that's a blessing in this too that I wanted to mention is because you are so amazing at volunteering and serving is 
all of these renovations, our demo, all of these, a lot of this, majority of this, we get to do ourselves, literally saving thousands, tens of thousands of dollars uh, just by those of you that are coming together and serving. So whenever you see us make a post of like, hey, we could use some help, just know that every time you say yes to that and you come serve, you're saving this church thousands of dollars. And uh, instead of bringing in like the crews and things, we, we do the hard labor of putting it together. So um, very, very cool on you there. And then the second room, uh, that we want to get to that I want to show you about is, uh, I don't know if you guys can jump back to the original map. Oh, you got it there. Is uh, We got our bathroom there, and then you see it goes twos and threes. Uh, same thing there. Uh, those rooms were once exam rooms. If you want to put that picture up, the same thing will happen here is uh, that wall gets to come out, and it gets to be expanded. Go ahead and show them the next room. And so the expansion, that wall comes out, again, doubles that space and uh, gets to make that room bigger. And uh, my wife's office, she also gets kicked out. We're one, so if I got to go, she's got to go. So take that out of there. Uh, but, uh, but you'll see as they expand that, go ahead and throw the next one. There's also a kids ministry overflow room. There's her office now. Don't judge that. Uh, she does not keep it like that. We did that to her uh, as we were putting up Christmas decorations. But anyway, those. so the, the first room, her office, and this room all gets to blow open into a much bigger space. And... Um, and we get to do that. And you've heard me share last week what's incredible in the thing that we get to steward as a church is the average church adult to kid ratio you normally have in the 20-some percent range, adult to kid ratio, and we run in the 50-some percent range in, of adult to kids. And so we just have such a generation of kids here. And so, again, it's, it's our honor to be able to steward that the best that we can as a church by expanding and doing different things. And so the twos and threes, uh, those get to open up. And so, again, those all get put together. And then what's new space for us, you see on the end there, we have Vanessa and Maddie's office. They get to move out of there. And so we've never had the Wings of Mercy space. And then you see the Wings of Mercy storage unit. Uh, we haven't had that space either. And then, of course, my office is connected to that. But what we're really excited about is by taking all of those, and we can show you some of the pictures. Go ahead and uh, let's show them the first one of Wings of Mercy. Remember it being on the end there, uh, there's the two offices, and then if you sort of look to your left, just around the corner, uh, go ahead and show that. That's a really large space. It's got great you know, width to it, and then on the other side of that turquoise wall there, or whatever that is, is our office. Uh, it's my office and kind of also our boardroom, and all of that gets to go. And so those two rooms get combined, and so go ahead and show that taken out of there. So all of those come out, and we get to make a much larger scale. So we get to remove the storage unit and then uh, see the check-in. Some of you parents are going to get really excited about that. See where it says check-in? That's a whole check-in bar. And so you get to just walk right up to that. You don't got to wait in huge lines. And, 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 of course, you don't if you get early. If you come here early, of course, you don't have to do that. But uh, maybe you get to even be later is what this is doing. So whatever that's worth to you. But an awesome check-in area, and then, of course, our offices have moved. We get to leave our bathroom and some of our storage. And um, how many know that this expansion, you know, the fact that it's directly connected to us, like I said, God is moving in this. Like, this is all him that this is put together. We didn't have to go anybody to anybody and ask anything. Kids Hope is so grateful for their new space that they've moved into in the city. We're so grateful to be able to get into this and, uh, and be a part of it. And so... Uh, these expansions, again, uh, are something we're going to, you know, make all the improvements. I do want to say this. <clears throat> it's a two-phase expansion. 
Obviously, you got to move us out of our offices first. So currently, as you heard, like yesterday, we're already making the renovations. Uh, we've already started on the demo to the offices. So we'll get them moved out by the end of the year. We'll all be moved over. And then pre-Easter, we're going to have everything done by Easter uh, to be ready for what Easter brings and putting our mailer in there and things like that. Uh, we'll all be for Easter. We'll have that ready. So, so excited for what that's going to be. And so the total on all of this, to do this with excellence. Now, you've heard me say this before. This church, we don't do things with extravagance. You've seen Christian television and other people raise money, and then you see them do things with extravagance, and you, there's just too much extra on it. Do you know what I'm saying? We believe in doing things with excellence. I believe, and we say it as a staff, that excellence creates comfort. Uh, you're able to relax and be aware of what's going on. If you've ever gone to a hotel, maybe use a website. We did this before. We went down to Alabama and we booked it online. We had no idea. And it looked good on the internet. But when we got there, it, we were only there a couple hours. And I said, I'm sorry, but my six-month-old is not staying here. And we checked out of there. Why? Because we weren't comfortable, because it wasn't excellent, because there was things that we, and we weren't going to be able to rest and focus. We were there for a conference. And so we ended up looking for something else. But if you ever go to a place that's kind of excellent and everything's put together, what does that make you do? It makes you go, yeah, you know what? I can enjoy this. I can receive from this. I feel comfortable here. And that's the heart of this church is not extravagance, but we want excellence. We want things done well. So in this 100,000 of renovations, again, it's never going to go to a salary. It's never going to go to, to uh, a thing. It's always going to how we can expand and do more to reach the city and to reach more people. Amen. So of this 100,000, it's going to be the renovations. It's going to be the supplies and things needed for it. Uh, but then it's also going to include a mailer. Many of you are here as a result of a mailer. You got our mail piece. Um, we mailed to about 80,000 homes uh, in our area and uh, saw a great return of people coming in and getting saved and getting baptized. Again, many of you are some of those people. And so in this budget, you know, that ends up being a pretty expensive, almost $20,000 mail piece. But every single time we've done a mail piece, uh, the return of people coming in and connecting and giving back, um, that always, and you hate to use this terminology, but that always pays for itself. That always, you know, God connects and, and it does that. And so that seed planted always grows a return. And so as we make these expansions, we want to be able to expand to people. And so in that is another mass mailer where we can invite people to what God is doing here. Amen. So here's what I want to do. I want to spend uh, just the last couple minutes on how it works. The difference between this year's legacy and last year's legacy or the last year's legacy offerings is we've said this. We've never had a hard number of we need this amount. What we've done is we've got up every single year and we've said whatever comes in is what we get to do because we were just starting campaigns of whatever came in is the pace that we were able to go. And you guys have done amazing. We've seen 40,000, 60,000, almost 70,000. You know, we've seen extravagant numbers come in for the size of our church. It's been amazing to see God move. But the difference this year is as we plan and as we put these things together and we calendar them and we strategize them and as we steward them, we need to have a good idea of what that number is going to look like. And so for this time as a church, what we've done is we passed these out to everybody last week. They're also available to you at the information table. And these are just our pledge cards. Now, I really want you to hear me uh, with the details of this because I don't want any pressure on anybody. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read you this scripture before I actually get into this part of it. Second uh, Corinthians 9, 7, we shared this. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Meaning it like this, I don't want you to decide to give anything to this campaign, to this legacy thing. I don't want you to give any of it 
because I showed you some pictures or because other people in the church, any kind of compulsion that, that you feel that comes from, then don't do it. Don't do it. Only give if God has spoken to you what to give and when to give and how to give it. Are you with me? Uh, and so that's the heart of this. And so even though I'm going to talk about numbers and pledges and all those kinds of things, uh, even though I'm going to talk about that, at the end of the day, I want you to go home as your household, pray, see what God would have you do, and, uh, and then do that. Amen. The, another passion version of it says it like this. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 in the Passion Bible says, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves hilarious generosity. Some of us are that. You gave and you're like, man, that's hilarious that we were able to do that. If you only knew six months ago, we weren't. And then God just blessed you in such a way. And then hilariously, you were able to just see God do an amazing thing in you. We've all been there, right? And so that's what I want you to know is give from, uh, let giving flow from your heart. Don't let it be squeezed out of you by the, the pastor or the campaign or a pledge card. Let it flowly or freely flow. Flowly would be a good word. Like, we're going to come here and flowly give. Amen. <laughs> That's our next campaign. Um, but that really is what I want the heart to be is, uh, hey, let's listen to God, what he would have you do, and, uh, and give that. And I think a lot of times we do this. We'll say, oh, man, we feel like it should be this, and God says this. And then sometimes we say, oh, I feel like it's going to be this, and then God says this. We need to get it from God about what he would have us give because he wants to do something through it. There's something attached to our giving. God wants to do something through it, and, um, and, and we want him to be the one to decide what it is. Amen? But I want to make it practical for you. I want to make it kind of obvious, like, kind of like, oh, you know, what, what does it look like for this church? Like, how would that break down? How is that even possible for this church? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I said this last week. Uh, when God assigns, he provides. So whenever God assigns, this is the mission, he always provides. What God commissions, he gives permit or provisions. So God's going to do it. He just always does it. Uh, here's an example. Uh, to start this church, we needed $100,000, okay? And we had 60 people on our launch team, 60 people, and we raised $100,000. Uh, that's a miracle. That's amazing. And uh, so here we are, a church of about 400 people, okay, 400 people come through ch this church on a monthly basis, on kind of a regular basis. And, uh, and so of those 400 people, let's say that, you know, the majority of them are actually couples. So whether we call it couples or a unique household, so they're a household. So let's say a singles or something like that. Let's say we have 200 individual households that call Vertical Church their home. Well, think about it. If if all of us, if each household, 200 households gave a thousand bucks, we would double it, right? Or if it was 500, if everybody just gave 500, then we would hit what we need. Now we realize not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do that. But what I'm telling you is it's pretty manageable when we all work together. Now, again, I don't want you to hear these numbers and go, oh, that's all we got to do is just pay that due. That's all we got. No, 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 no. We're going to hear from God and see what he says about this. Are you with me? Uh, because you just never know what God's able to do in your life that could maybe open a door. We say 100,000. What if God has a great plan for 200,000 that we didn't think of, right? And all of a sudden the money comes in, the resources are there, and God gives us the idea. He reveals to us. Are you with me? That's why it's so important that we just give what God has spoke to us to give. Pray about it. Think about it. Talk about it. And, um, and so what we've done is these pledge cards work like this. 
will be receiving money through the rest of the year. Just through the rest of the year, uh, it'll be on your charitable donations receipt for your taxes. Uh, and so if you get it in for this 2018, that will be ready for you. I know businesses have questions about that. All of that stuff we can handle for you. And so throughout the year, throughout the rest of the year, but again, what helps us is you don't have to give it next week, but if you can at least write down and say, this is what God spoke to us, this is what we're planning on. And again, if you don't know, that's okay. Don't rush yourself. But it just kind of helps us know how the pace we can go and what we can do. So these cards are available to you. You just check how much you want to give, maybe 500, maybe 1,000 or other. And uh, maybe it's an extravagant offering for you. Maybe you're in a position where that other for you is something that, that is a big deal. And I'll say this, um, 40% of our legacy offering, usually 40% of our legacy offerings come in in the extravagant category. Somebody just saying like, hey, we're going to just really sacrificially give. Um, and so uh, just encouraging you to ask, ask God what he would do. And so fill that out and then write your stuff. And then all you have to do is just fold it in half for confidentiality reasons, just fold it in half and then nothing will be seen. And then just drop it in a bucket in weeks to come. Just uh, again, whenever you feel like you have the from God of what it's going to be, bring it back with you, fold it up, put it in. If you know what it is already and you want to come and just give right away, just give right away. And uh, that's fine too. You can give online, but again, hear from God, go with what God says. And um, again, never any pressure or the compulsion. Let's just, let's rally together and see God move. Listen, this isn't something we have to do. This is something we get to do. This is our honor. You know, again, we go through the, the last couple of years and we see how God has been so faithful and generous. This is something that we're excited to be a part of and see God move in. Amen. Uh, I love this statement uh, I, I heard. Uh, Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Right? So I'll say it again. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. He's always looking for the obedient vessel, amen, to believe him and trust him and step out and accomplish the work. We're so honored. I'll close with these thoughts. It's such our honor to be able to be used by God. We, th this kind of stuff is God, the creator of heaven and earth, saying, I'm choosing you, the people of Vertical Church, to sacrifice and step in place so that I can use you to change families.